0: This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. Wow. Mask mandates and open borders. I don't know how you say that in the same sentence. Kind of a real indication of where the country is right now with everything upside down. I kid you not. Now, just to put this in its proper context, I don't know about these mask policies. It makes a nice headline and certainly had a nice tie into what I wanted to talk about. But uh, they're saying some health systems, health systems. When I mean health systems, you know, these are big. I guess you know uh, hospitals that are now multiple locations and whatnot. And so what? They get to make, I guess, their own rules. It's their property, their hospitals, their rules. I don't know where does it end. That's all I want to know. Masks, goggles, gloves, overboots. Let's <laughs> see if you went in there dressed like that, they'd probably tell you you couldn't come in, right? I don't know. I'm as confused as you are. Mask. Is any indication that they've worked? I mean, if you're in the hospital, does it make sense to wear a mask? Anybody uh, work in the healthcare industry? Dave, where are you at? Does it make sense for visitors of a hospital to wear a mask? Simple, practical question. Whether you're there as a patient, say, with a concussion or a bruised hip. You should see the bruise on my hip from this fall I took. Yeah, I've been taking more punch than one lately. It's amazing I'm still standing, really. (laughs) Sometimes I look at my life, I say, what happened to this train wreck? What are you going to do? We're going to deal with it one step at a time, you know what I mean? Take it as it comes. Anyway, the big story going around that I haven't been paying that close of attention to, but it is a big story, is this situation down in Mexico where the state of Texas is saying, look, we're not going to put up with this illegal immigration anymore. But apparently the federal government decides that uh, otherwise that they want to have the border wide open. That somehow these federal rules, uh, it's really uh, very confusing when you think about it. You've got the state at odds with the federal government. The Supreme Court has weighed in, and now Texas, I guess, is violating the Supreme Court order. Well, I guess you have to ask yourself, you know, which is worse, when Republicans violate Supreme Court orders or when Democrats do? Joe Biden out there, you know, giving student loan forgiveness because it's politically expedient for him. But then you've got the conservative state of Texas, Violation of the Supreme Court order. I didn't really, um, I do not really, I should have looked into the details, I suppose. The justices by a five to four vote granted an emergency appeal from the Biden administration, which has been an escalating standoff at the border with Texas and had objected to the appellate ruling in favor of the state. Constantina Wire along 30 miles of the Rio Grande near the border city of Eagle Pass As part of Greg Abbott's border fight with the administration over immigration enforcement, Abbott also authorized installing floating barriers in the Eagle Grand near Eagle Pass and allowed troopers to arrest and jail thousands of migrants on trespassing charges. The administration is also challenging those actions in federal court. A federal appeals court last month forced federal agents to stop cutting Constantina Wire, a large number of migrants across at Eagle Pass in recent months. In court papers, the administration said the wire impedes Border Patrol agents from reaching migrants as they cross the river, and that, in any case, federal immigration laws trumps Texas's own efforts to stem the flow of migrations into the country. Texas officials have argued that federal agents cut the wire to help groups crossing illegally through the river before taking them in for processing. Justice Chief John Roberts, Justices Amy Comey Barrett, Katanya Brown Johnson, Lana Kagan, and Sotomayor sided with the administration. Justices Alito, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, Clarence Thomas voted with Texas. No one provided any explanation for their vote. So, where does that leave us? Where does it leave the migrants? Just a flood. Where does it end? How does this story end? You know, you sit there and you watch these slow motion trading rights. Everybody can see the problem. I mean, it's amazing to me that people are saying, "Man, this is out of control." And my first question is, is it as out of control as what people are saying? Like quantify that. I was talking to a guy, so "You know, I don't know if the numbers are reporting 10 million illegals. Maybe it's only 5." I was like, "No, I believe it's more like 10." I mean, look around. You know, you're looking it through the sort a very, very narrow window. I say this all the time. You drive to work, you get up, you see the world through a very, very narrow perspective. It's really true. Um, so how do you really know? You know, you look at the, these giant caravans of people down the Eagle Pass, and, you know, listen, I'm not saying it's not concerning. I'm not saying we shouldn't be talking about it. I'm just not quite sure what the real net impact is. Crazy information on some of these people coming across. They got this guy connected with Hamas. I mean, this is very, very dangerous. It sands the numbers, but just just on the numbers a second. What is the reality of it? We don't even have a handle on that. No handle on it. The risk that we are taking is unbelievable when you think about it. What a breakdown in our basic sense of government that we can't even control the border. And then you have the state and federal government fighting about it. No problem with the liberal states, you know, not complying with federal immigration laws when Trump was president. That was all okay. Where's the court challenges to that? Where was the Supreme Court stepping in? I don't know. Probably siding with the migrant. But the laws stink. And both sides play that politically. Oh, there's no solution. Nobody knows what to do. It's climate change. You can't stop it. That blah blah, blah blah Oh, you can stop it. You can stop it. Very simple ways to do it. And meanwhile, you got hospital health systems. That's what is that what we have now? We used to be able to go to the doctor if you had to. You go to the hospital. Now you're going to go to a health system. Who signed up for that? I don't know. Not me. This is funny. Uh, Biden, Department of Homeland Security, paid activist groups to create counter-propaganda against Trump and conservatives. Eh, this was the new rollout after the Supreme Court ruling. They used grants. I keep telling you about this. Payoffs to pay influencers. They're going to bring influencers into the White House. Then they're going to tell them how to apply for grants. Did you know you comply apply for a Department of Homeland Security grant to help with media literacy? They coined that term, media literacy. And we're going to build a little digital army. They're going to pay everybody. Everybody's going to wonder what went wrong in the election. How does this happen? I'll tell you how it happens. People not paying attention. People not paying attention to the voting. and. It is crazy how quickly things just converged on a national disaster or between the border and the elections. Meanwhile, the health systems want you to mask up to protect you. I say, where's the booties, where's the gloves, Where the, where's the goggles if it's that dangerous? But it's a simple question. Does a mask really help you in a hospital? I don't know. I mean, for many years, I never did that. Now, all of a sudden, every time we have a little flu uptick, they want everybody to wear a mask. I don't know. I don't get it. Grants paid out to to push propaganda. I mean, they, they act like this is a big story because Biden's doing it. But you know, how much money was paid to Pfizer under Trump? How much? You, you look at some of the big companies that get benefit from government spending, government funding, and then the advertising that they do, the campaigns that they support. And it's all naturally very tied together. Kind of how it works. Here you go. Here's a um, radio show squad. I don't know what that means. Radio show squad. Lawmaker explains a creative way to pay $14 million in reparations. This would be to descendants of slaves. And he had a really great idea. Pay attention to this. You know what he said? He said, it doesn't have to be paid all at once. It could be paid down over time, say, 20 years, 30 years. we got no problem with that. <laughs> I'm sure they don't. I'm sure they don't. I have asked it before. I'm going to ask it again. Before we get into the reparations for the sla- descendants of slaves who were freed, right, it was quite a gift at that time, Uh What about the the soldiers that that fought to have them freed? What reparations are going to be paid to them and their families, their descendants? Anything? How about a simple thank you? Maybe I'm a memorial next to the George Floyd Memorial. I think it would be a nice token gesture. Of course, not a statute or something like that, but just like a memorial, just like a a square box, nothing just very plain. We want it to be very unassuming because, you know. We don't want it to overtake the true cause in this whole thing. I don't know. It's just a couple of my ideas. We'll see if it gains any traction. I'm guessing not. What do you think? I'm going to guess you'll never hear anything anything like that, not even a basic thank you. Thank you that this was this change was made and the good people that fought for it. Nope. Never going to hear about it. And this is the, the lack of thank you. A lot of what I do on the radio so, show, projectchaos.org, O-R-G. Monday, I talked about the Marines in Afghanistan and what they did to help those people. Now, you might not care. Somebody's not there. Why would you, really? I don't fault you for that. Who cares about the Afghan people? I don't even really care that much. But I do care about humanity and compassion. And I know that the Marines that were there showed a lot more compassion than, say, Joe Biden or General Miley, who sent them over there with nothing, completely unprepared, completely unequipped giving away the water that they had. These people are dying of of no water, wading through pools of sewage. The accounts were horrific, absolutely horrific. Not even a thank you to those Marines. Thirteen, eleven Marines, one sailor, one soldier died. And what thank you do they get? What monument do they get? That George Floyd was so great. And Christopher Columbus so bad, they tore down his statue. What about those those Marines? What about those service members? How about them? What do they get? A piece of paper? Why don't you go look into it? You want to talk about reparations? Why don't you go look into what the families of those service members got, and you come tell me with a straight face about reparations or student loan forgiveness? I'm not going to get riled up about it today. I bet you it was like 50 grand life insurance if that. That's the value. That's the value on the dead marine. 50,000 good riddance. But the reparations, the 3 400,000, they'd be happy to accept the payments over a number of years, you understand. I mean really you could apply the same thing to the student loan forgiveness. You don't have to do it all at once, of course. You want to forgive my debts? I'd be happy to let you do it in, in installments. Come on, you shouldn't you're going all out of your way to do this for me. You shouldn't have to be so pressured. I'm trying to keep my head on straight. You know, I get upset about these kind of things. I start to I start to come a little unraveled behind the microphone. Not today. Not today. I'm not doing it. I wanna I wanna I wanna stay positive. I wanna point to something else that this brilliant lawmaker explained in his creative way to pay the reparations. If we can creatively pay down $14 million in new debts vis-a-vis whatever they want to spend it on, uh, then we should certainly be able to take the same approach to paying off the existing debts. Then, then, maybe we'd have a chance of, of something that resembles freedom again. The first step in that process is to cut the government spending, cut the size of government, way, way back. But I don't think you're going to see any of that, my friends. I think it's only going to get bigger. Uh Chat GPT update. I haven't talked about this in a little bit bit with the AI. I still use it every day. Enjoy using it. I feel like it's kind of hit a sticking point, really. It's not really doing anything any different than it did when it came out, which is write neat little poems. I'm exaggerating. Um, I look at it as kind of like a virtual assistant, if you will. It's like a, a spelling and grammar check on steroids. It could go quite a bit further than I'm simplifying, but not seeing it through any of the automation that I hoped it would, which is is really disappointing. But I saw it coming. I saw it coming because I was very excited about uh, self driving cars. And speaking of which, uh, San Francisco just took legal action to stop these unsafe and disruptive self driving cars. They're like the center of liberal uh, progress and. Um you know, green and automation, and nobody's going to have any jobs because remember there's not going to be any drivers anymore that 's what they were saying. I can tell you how I knew that wasn't going to be true because the government was trying to figure out how to tax all these gig workers better. Remember that told you where the demand was that there was there was so much demand that the government is going to be assess additional taxes. believe me, they weren't thinking it was going to be self driving cars. they saw an income stream. So Sam Altman, he's the, like the CEO of ChatGPT, says that uh, ChatGPT will evolve in, quote, uncomfortable ways. Whatever. I mean, this guy's getting paid to throw out sound bites, and that's when, oh, what's going to happen? When are people going to wise up and start listening? It's not really what people say they're going to do. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. Yeah. What do they say? The, the, uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I don't think it's ever going to amount to anything. I use the self-driving cars. I said it over and over again. I was very optimistic about it. I was one of the first people to say to you after I got an update from a senior engineer at PennDOT here, the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation, and he explained what the dilemma was. And that is that they cannot figure out how to build in depth perception into these cameras. What does that mean in practical terms? That a black hole looks like a manhole lid, and the camera cannot differentiate between the two. What does that mean? Either you program it to stop at every manhole or dark circle, or run into a hole. I'm not sure which they chose on that. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe the people in San Francisco can tell you. They probably have a better idea. I don't know. But what I'm saying to you is, you know, the technology, I mean, a lot of the things the cars are doing, the sensors, the lane sensors, and I personally am not real crazy about this stuff. You know, I know how to drive a vehicle, but, you know, looking at the way some other people drive, I suppose maybe some of these safety things and automation are a good thing. I said I would be in favor of so. I mean, the idea of self-driving cars to me is wildly exciting. I used to talk about it on the podcast. It'd be great. Imagine being able to climb into your car. You want to get down to Orlando from Philadelphia. I'm not going to fly. I'm going to put that seat back, plug that into my my little uh, AI driven Go Mobile, and take a nap. Now, I talked to people, it was like 50 50. They were like, Yeah, I ain't doing that. <laughs> the machine's driving without me. I'm going to wake up in a ditch somewhere. Um, yeah, obviously, we didn't get to prove that test or not. But I thought it would be cool to have a self driving car. But as I learned, like I said, that update, I was like, Yeah, without depth perception, if you've ever used night vision I don't know the current night vision like I know on our on our security cameras we have uh color night vision, and so I can't really tell you if there's depth perception on that or not I mean there's a sense of depth with it, so um you know I'm not really sure you know what that means in terms of that, but um anyway, if you look at the old green and black screen uh, night vision there's no depth perception and i can tell you from trying to drive with such a device you need to go very very slowly and i think that's the reality for the self-driving cars simply not able to process those things the way the human eye can it's kind of amazing really they have so many things about the human body, the human mind, that they cannot replicate. They want to fool you into thinking they can. You know, some people aren't so bright, so they're able to fool them a little easier. They use that as evidence, right? They take the driving. I mean, you look at the way some people drive. You say, what would you rather have the machine? You're like, all right. if <laughs> I just saw that move, I'm going to go with the machine. You look at somebody like me driving, you say, oh, don't mess with that seasoned professional. I don't know. I've learned to enjoy driving again, I can tell you that. I don't think I'm going to be getting having a self-driving car anytime soon, so I guess that pretty well <laughs> narrows it down, and uh, that'll make the people in San Francisco a little happier. But I also don't see chat GPT evolving in any uncomfortable ways. I mean, look, at it's been since the great run-up on the AI when they scared everybody that AI was going to take over the world. It's been like a year. What's changed? Nada. Nothing. Speaking of which, if you have it a moment to let me know, you can email me at info at com, What's your feelings on Twitter? Just generally. Reliable, good, bad. Just give me like a word or two. I don't need a dissertation. What do you think about Twitter? Info at com. I'm asking for a couple of different reasons. Um, I was uh, speaking to a guy, a Jewish guy. I'll just say it. And he said, yeah, I don't like it. And I have a feeling that had to do with some of the things that were put out the Hamas thing. And I could certainly understand that, man. I've said this before. Even, even if you don't agree, I use the porn as an example, so I not have to start getting everybody all divided and at, at each other's throats. Like I can't have that popping up on my device. I'm sitting there with my daughter. Like if I'm on a website and there's pornography, I can't be on that. You know what I'm saying? Like there's plenty of people in, you know, similar circumstances. It's called decency. It's called respect. I mean, this is just, you know what I mean? Ages, appropriateness, all these different things, and maybe it's not always black and white. Anyway, we have Jewish family, and quite frankly, I could see why they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't want this stuff popping up in front of their kids either. I don't really want it popping up in front of my kids. My daughter sees this about the Israel Hamas thing. I don't, I don't really need her processing that at this point in her life, for God's sake. And she's on the phone with her cousin, and we don't want that kind of stuff, them burdened with that, Man, they're your little kids. Not that we don't, you know, we shield them. We don't want them knowing the truth. We don't want them knowing that there's dangers out there, but not via Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, my point is I can understand. I'm just going to tell you, for me personally, I'm not really enjoying Twitter. Like, I go on there anymore it's like, this is giving me a headache at the end of the day. I don't know. I saw this story. I wanted to mention it. (laughs) This is funny. Uh, This is from the Foundation for uh, Economic... What is it? Excellence? What is it? Let me just click on it. Fee. Oh, Economic Education. There you go. Foundation for Economic Education. I used to follow this blog very closely. And um, I don't anymore. But it's great stuff. Big... uh, Fiscally conservative site. They point out this kind of stuff. Seven ridiculous examples of government waste. Number one, the debt, interest on the debt, six hundred fifty nine billion. Six billion to boost Egyptian tourism. Training DHS employees to be their authentic and best selves. Thirty eight million dollars to dead people, eight thousand dollars for a lobster tank, two graphic novels combating disinformation. Oh boy. Two hundred million to a famous music artist from the small business administration? Who was it? Little Wayne, Chris Brown, smashing pumpkins, all receiving ten million dollars. You think they were paid to vote for Biden? So these are the things that the uh Freedom for Foundation for Economic Education points out as waste. Um but I have a different list. Uh the Department of Education, the Department of Environmental, whatever it is. Um, the Department of Interior, all these things I would get rid of. The military, I would scale back like 70% immediately. Tell, I would pull the generals in a room and be like, I want to plan by the end of the week to secure our borders and how much funding you're going to need to do that, and everything else is getting cut. So think big fellows. I'll be back in a week. They would freak out. They wouldn't know what to do. In all seriousness, I mean, the madness has to stop. There's so much money that's become politicized that they're just throwing it into you know, $8,000 lobster tanks. You're always going to have that. For, what was it for? What was the lobster tank for? They have it here. Where's the lobster tank? Uh, COVID tracking, federal government. No, that's not it. Department of Defense, $8,000 for a lobster tank. That they claim uh, and presumably improve the diet of military personnel. In other words, some officers' club. I bet you. I bet you. I don't know. I mean, I'll tell you what. I had a I have a friend who was like an A B camp or something like that. No, it was from one of our platoon commanders. And when they're building a new base, you know what they build first—the golf course. If other things don't get done, they will just go back for more funding. But the golf course, mm, they don't want to wait for that. I think there's whole departments, massive cuts that need to be made. I'll leave you with this. Speaking of the Israel-Gaza conflict, 24 soldiers, 24 Israeli soldiers killed um, by Gaza. The fighting is still very fierce there. It doesn't appear that they've achieved any objective, really, except a lot of destruction. I'm not bashing Israel. I'm just saying, what is really going on? Why aren't we really hearing? We don't get any good updates. And the same thing with Ukraine. Listen, you can call yourself a Democrat or Republican. Tell me that you understand what's going on in Ukraine. Tell me that you understand what's going on in the Middle East at all. We just had two Navy SEALs that died. Well, that one fell into the ocean. Fell into the ocean, I'll bet. Interesting. The other one went in after him. They didn't find him. These guys don't go down like that, generally speaking. Now, who knows? Accidents happen, blah, 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 blah. The bottom line is... That you have people getting killed. It's dangerous. The um, the United States and the Israelis does not appear are pushing our weight around the way we once were at all. At all. You know, over there, um, you know, it looks like the Houthis, whoever these guys are that pumped up, Biden's probably funding them. That's usually how this works. I don't know. But here we are sitting, and the problems are piling up, and the costs are piling up. Ukraine, is certainly not giving up. I don't see here of any peace. Well, the funding's dried up, but I don't see that motivating any peace talks at all. It's become a very dangerous world. Would you be comfort, comfortable traveling abroad right now? I don't know how anybody would say they would. To me, it's just crazy. A buddy of mine was just over in Switzerland. I'm sure it's safe to go. I wouldn't even want to get on the plane, really. just doesn't really interest me right now. You know, the way people act and the way things go and the problems you develop seems like something I'd want to try to avoid, not dive into. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens down in Texas. Make sure, you know, I hope those Border Patrol agents are wearing their masks. That's all I want to say. Those dirty Texas uh, state guards or whatever they are, they better be wearing their masks when they're arresting these people. Uh, Just think about it for a second, though, this border just pouring day after day after day. The problems in New York City are only going to get worse, only going to get worse. Wait till summer comes and there's a hot day. People who remember Cuba refugees, you'll remember this, when they had people chained up like animals and they start getting hungry or restless or both or horny or whatever the case might be. And you just watch as it grows like an explosion. We're taking a real risk. And as they start coordinating and calculating, it could could be even more worse. We'll see if somebody has has, uh, the inclination to do anything about it. Maybe this election will be the election. I won't hold my breath. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. I'll say this. I may take tomorrow off. I'm kind of feeling like a long weekend, but I'll keep you posted on that. If I'm here, I'm here. If not, I'll see you back Monday, God willing. Make it a great day either way.